Hello and welcome. You're listening to Nails and Hammers, a podcast where we talk to people about their journeys and understand how they take decisions and solve different problems. Our guest for today is Gaurav Sundararaman, who is a senior data analyst with ESPN and has been a consultant to various cricket teams, including the 2016 World T20 champions, the West Indies. Hi Gaurav, uh, welcome to the Nails and Hammers podcast. Thanks a lot for having me here, guys. Also, so I mean, uh, the, before we start the podcast, the India England series has been like phenomenal. The Lord's win has been historical. So, any any predictions for the series, uh, uh, forthcoming series? So, I before the series started, uh, me and a bunch of our friends, we usually uh, predict stuff uh, before each series. So, for India Australia, nobody got it right. Whereas India England, almost uh, a majority of the people actually predicted indian win uh, series win so i had gone for the 3-1 india win it's mm-hmm. still on so let's see um, yeah, i still think it'll be 3-1 and uh, i don't see england actually winning the series maybe the odd game here mm-hmm. so let's see uh-huh. uh, i'll go with uh, 4-0 the so way we are playing <laughs> I, i don't see them bouncing back for sure so so let's uh, let's talk about uh, your your journey in terms of how was growing up like i think you grew up in chennai um and and i think you did your uh, engineering and then then your mba as well right so actually my first um, um 7 to 8 years i was in bangalore and then we moved to chennai when i was in st- uh, standard 7 but before that uh, it's always been academic oriented it's not been very uh, uh, sport oriented so having grown up in a house where he used to follow sport a lot and i was actually i think uh, I was lucky to be born at a time when that when in 1991 all of all of us know that there was this uh, uh, liberalization and there was so much of uh, foreign investment and suddenly we moved from the only doordarshan to a lot of other channels and uh, we were just so that was my correctly I was what about five to six years that time so it was it was the timing was perfect so I was able to get access to a lot of uh, uh, sports which I didn't get before. and then just faded out then in 7th i actually moved to chennai from bangalore for uh, some other reasons and uh, and then I, my focus went on fully into academics so from 7th till about i would say till my mba my focus was a lot on finishing up my post grad doing well in my undergrad then doing well in boards you know how the uh, <laughs> uh, usual uh, trend is so that's what happened and then like post your mba or uh, you worked at in the corporate sector for a while so what uh, I mean was that like a forced uh, this thing decision if you ask me whether i was forced to take up a um, uh, do mba and take up a corporate job i'll just uh, go back a few years from the time i actually took that decision so because i knew my brother actually didn't want to go to us but he was forced to go there doing well for himself but he didn't really enjoy it so he told me that hey uh, life in us is nothing special there yes you earn a lot of money but apart from that it's the usual corporate life yeah and uh, he told me why don't you come on uh, check it out into just after my undergrad and see the life in us see if you like it or not and i was very very lucky privileged to uh, my, my parents had gone there so i had also uh, made a visit i made a visit there and i kind of understood how uh, the us system works and i kind of ruled that option out Mm-hmm. and then the next big thing was mba uh, the other it was either masters or it was either mba for engineers i don't think there was anything yeah. else uh, in the middle journalism i kind of kept exploring it i kept uh, uh, just giving some hints to my uh, folks but uh, they never used to really listen to it and 
after engineering you know it's hard to so for somebody makes your decision uh, for engineering after 12th usually it's your parents who make that decision for you the next step was at least i got to make an informed decision i said okay let me do my mba and in mba uh, you know how hard it is you have to crack cat i don't know how many of uh, you get how how whether both of you have written it or not but i wrote it five times then i uh, one thing i did uh, kushal and ayush was that i uh, realized that i didn't want an it job So oh. right after my undergrad, uh, I took up a consulting role, research role in a company called Frost and Sullivan, which I still think is the one of my best decisions I've taken in my life. I got a job at TCS, but I didn't take it up because I was a horrible programmer. Um, uh, I didn't want to code, uh, and I wanted to do something different. I thought, okay, this job was a eight thirty to five 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 thirty job. It was close to my house. I knew I could get more time to study for my MBA. So that was the main reason. And yeah. parallelly, I. got time to watch a lot of sport write blogs you know blogging was a big thing that time twitter yeah. just started uh, facebook uh, was there all could was there so i tried to do a lot of these kind of things uh, uh, in terms of sporting discussions writing blogs etc that was my interest towards sports to answer your question now is that it i was not forced into a corporate job but i took some informed decisions towards uh, taking a corporate job it was not just run of the mill uh, take whatever you get and uh, I I somehow was secure about myself, and I knew I land with something, but I I knew what I wanted. It worked for me after the, uh, undergrad when I rejected a good TCS offer for a very mediocre research uh, offer, but that was an excellent decision. I enjoyed that job. I was able to study. I was able to balance my time. I was able to write blogs, etc. And what made you join sports mechanics after that? How did that happen? Cool. So that's a interesting story. So during my Great Lakes uh, stint. At, at the start of the year uh, i don't know if uh, you guys are familiar you're supposed to finish a thesis or you're supposed to do one final year project yeah yeah i, I was like a lot of people said that that's a project which uh, is like nobody really cares just take something finish it it's a group project just do it with you need two people are in a group you just need to do something so i said okay why not you're doing a research project why don't you do it in sports analytics so why don't you uh, i had just seen i think moneyball was uh, not sure yeah, you need to correct me if i'm wrong but moneyball came around that time 2011 yes yeah. 2011 was it yeah. okay yeah. so maybe yeah. that was the inspiration i don't know i just yeah. seen that movie or something like that yeah. so obviously i had a idea a passion for sports all the time so that was there so i took up a project in sports analytics uh, it was a simple project nothing complex just uh, studying t20is uh, how what is the impact of toss in t20is I I just spent hardly a few hours over the entire year with my batchmate. Just did something yeah. very basic in Excel, ran ran something in a statistical tool, and finished that paper. And I just put it as a line in a CV. You know, ultimately this project becomes a line in a CV. At that point, yeah. Yeah. nothing else. Yeah. So uh, this was there, and I worked for one year in a company. So like I said, I didn't want to get into an IT job, but Wipro had started something called Eco Energy. Uh, which was totally into green and that time green going green and uh, saving uh, the environment was a big thing it was a ibm a lot of companies had started so i thought okay this space seems slightly different it seems a growing space so let me uh, go there so i went there and that uh, as a decision to not work in a typical um, uh, mba role was good but that company and uh, it was too early in the uh, development stage so i realized that uh, and i was clueless you know so suppose say your manager gives you a, a a task you have no idea where to start from so i had to go to google search everything and then it just becomes a, a, a you just research whatever is there in google you put it there's no domain knowledge i found that i was lacking uh, really badly 
So in February uh, 2011, I thought, okay, I'm doing really badly. I wanted to become a, I thought, okay, maybe this is not my cup of tea. Uh, I'm really bad at what I was doing. I was struggling day in and day out, even though the job was not uh, uh, very hectic. It was paying well, but I was really bad at it. But again, I didn't have an intention of joining sports. But what happened was, I guess, serendipity or that's my fate or whatever, which is what I keep telling. I was very lucky to be at the, uh, at the right place at the right time. There was an ad in the Economic Times, which said that uh, Sachin and Sehwag have invested in a company in Chennai. And uh, it's a sports analytics company. They're into data and video. They want to go big into data. They've been into video for quite some time. And I saw this ad and uh, they received funding. My friend had shared it with me. I immediately read it and it was like hardly five, 10 minutes from my house. And I was like shocked. I've been here all this while. This company has been there from 2006. How come I've not even heard of this company? And then I did some research. I found out they, it's not like a big company. They work out of a house and uh, they usually hire only uh, uh, first division cricketers, uh, people who have played the game and stuff like that. And they were just about to uh, think of expanding and they received some funding. Mm -hmm. So I immediately went to our dear old friend, Facebook, uh, went and searched for the uh, CEO's name. I found a, a mutual friend to the CEO. And oh, then I, um, so again, that's lucky, right? Um, I wrote to them uh, immediately in an email stating that I want to know more about this company. I'm interested. It looks exciting. And I, you know, I was in a bad place in Wipro. So I, um, sorry for this long answer, but yeah, no, uh, I thought it will help the listeners to exactly get uh, an idea of what some things have to work for you. It's just not right, uh, right. Uh, writing a million mails in LinkedIn or knockery.com. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I was lucky and I accept that. Uh, so uh, I wrote an email and then the yeah. CEO said, why don't you come and uh, meet me? We are also uh, looking to hire and he, we met. Yeah. Then he saw, so when I sent that CV that now I go back to that Great Lakes project, which I did, he saw that right. line which oh, said wow. that I had done a T20 analytics research project. Yeah. So mm. He said, look, you've done a project in T20 analytics and that's exactly where we want to go. We've been doing only video analysis. We want to get into data and uh, video. So we need someone to head the data analytics team mm. and you have a, a good analytical background. You know your cricket, you have your MBA. So I think you can uh, lead a team and you can do this. So I came back home and again, um, these are, this is a time is very important uh, because you need support. Uh, you need to be in good place financially. I had to take a 200% pay cut uh, after my MBA. That was a huge pay yeah. cut. But yeah. again, because it was in my hometown, it was in Chennai, I was living at home and I was actually about to, uh, it was about two weeks before my engagement. So uh, uh, my uh, uh, wife was also working. So after doing the math, I did my best and worst case. I thought I can survive with my whatever little savings I had in one year uh, for at least one year, uh, having the same lifestyle. I did that math and I took a decision that, hey, let me try this for one year. Let's see how this goes. You hate your uh, current job anyway. So I went, it was a house and uh, there was no major interview as said they just asked me they yeah. tested these things passion loyalty because i was from chennai they don't have to pay me a high salary so it also worked in the company's favor and uh, yeah and i landed at a job uh, it's not a corporate uh, office and all it was in a house uh, with, right. in a right. simple house with uh, uh, two floors and they were serving the indian team so so what 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 did you do there right i mean uh, like i'm assuming you worked on a couple of interesting projects right uh, Champions not, League not, was one. Not couple. So trust me, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that 
those four years of my life were like yeah. amazing till date i would say that that shaped my career those are even though it was a startup it was working right. uh, from a house the money was yeah. not great the the people over there they're all mostly i was possibly the only guy with uh, maybe the two three guys uh, only guys with an engineering and an mba background uh, right. because not many will accept this right uh, with such Absolutely. a big cut and yeah. stuff so um, so the kind of uh, people uh, i had to lead was not uh, very straightforward but mm-hmm. the kind of work experience i got there i don't think it can match any kind of work i've done uh, in my life uh, because uh, it was just watching cricket for the living at the same time doing analysis uh, we had a lot of clients we had a lot of ipl teams as clients we had an indian team as a client uh, how it works is we had an analyst who used to travel with the team and yes. a lot of information needs to be supplied uh, right all the strategies right. tactics right. Uh, uh, using okay. data and video uh and all these days they were using only video so we had to put a plan to start uh, using data as well so the whole idea was to work with a bunch of uh, uh, video uh, um, analysis analyst guys and some a couple of data analysts and to put up a, a nice uh, uh, plans for uh, various uh, opposition batters and uh, like i said i was leading a team so we used to keep servicing the uh, analysts so analysts will keep asking you know at the end of a day's play they'll want something for the next day they'll want plans so it was a 24/7 job and it was uh, even though to start up it was like almost i was working 7 uh, uh, days a week and not one day i felt that hey what what am i doing no monday morning blues i used to get up and i was so excited any time of the day because you're trying to make plans to dismiss guys like david warner you're making plans to dismiss alistair cook and even if one plan works the kick you get is uh, yeah. pretty crazy Didn't so see. yeah yeah uh, and uh, used to work with them they used to give us inputs uh, what the coach said and it used to improve and especially mm-hmm. ipl was also growing that time in terms of yeah. analysis analysis uh, it was not as big as what it is now so uh, i was happy to be part of that and try to um uh, make people understand the importance of that i was also exposed to a lot of other roles within the company it's a small company 40 50 yeah. people great place to work for uh, uh, and you get to learn like crazy i used to work directly with the ceo i used to work, go for uh, uh, presentations i used to do uh, business development i used to work on building products i used to work with the it team purely because not many people have the uh, skill sets there yeah. most people yeah. are cr- ex cricketers who have like kind of played the game so you they don't have unfortunately the kind of engineering and analytical and mba background so i was able to deal with people so the learning i had guys in those four five years is unmatchable trust me uh, i don't know if i should be saying this but the first four years so what started as a one year risk ended up being a three and a half four year risk mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. people listening it's not like you get uh, the even the company does not get paid uh, every time in time yeah. so mm-hmm. automatically salaries get delayed um, people are not willing to pay for the value for an analyst mm-hmm. people are not willing to pay for technology people are not willing to pay for services so naturally you end up uh, the business is very slow uh, it right. the growth is very slow so you had to have a lot of patience mm-hmm. and then suddenly after three four years my growth was exponential so that's what i tell a lot of students again growth is not like other industries you need to hang in there you need to be patient i know a lot of people who came in and left within one year because of uh, various challenges yes unfortunately financial challenges or even they just don't have the patience so i'm like one key takeaway is that like for sh- short term salary pains is totally worth it for doing something that you love 
yeah absolutely but provided you have a good plan like that's what i say a lot of people you need to have a worst case plan as well i'm slightly safe even though what i've mm. taken is a risky decision but i'm mm. kind of safe because i had that backup so what mm. i was able to manage and then after some point in time i thought okay let's sacrifice the monetary part everything else is um, uh, good enough so uh, yeah and then it seems like you had a lot of fun at sports mechanics then what made you join espn and what do you do here at espn now yeah it's my entire caribbean world cup journey happened in sports mechanics right, right. so uh, the those those experiences are very uh, hard to match i used to tell myself that hey how can i ever leave this job it was so good uh, every day is amazing till the last day it was amazing no doubt about it once you've kind of established yourself you need to start thinking about money uh, you'd be lying mm-hmm. to yourself if you feel that you don't need money at all at some point yeah. uh, uh, you worked hard for 4 3 years and then at some point monetarily you may think that hey there is a chance that you can grow and also uh, the brand right uh, as yeah. in not many people knew who gaurav was at that point in time right. uh, even though i was doing quite a lot of work uh, uh, for the really uh, big teams and clients and stuff because it was completely a role uh, at the back end so nobody mm-hmm. even knew who i was so i felt that that was kind of a um, that was i would say not allowing me to grow at the speed at which i would uh, want to grow uh, in the sports industry having taken the first mover advantage you need to uh, leverage yeah. that so i wanted to move to a bigger brand and trust me espn cricket info it's not something that i uh, i have not it's my dream job way before sports mechanics and I, again I, after i have two mails uh, one after after undergrad at two, in 2007 which i applied to espn cricket info as a, a ug guy saying i've written some a uh, personal blog i am a sports fan and nobody bothered to respond then again i applied in 2011 uh, after my mba mm-hmm. again saying uh-huh. that hey i finished my mba three years i can do multiple roles i can be a product manager i can do this i can do that um, i still had those mails uh, which uh, to editor mr sambit bal which uh, again i didn't get any response so maybe it was always there that i had that was like a dream job and if you're working in cricket uh, you need to work here just to uh, feel uh, that culture and feel that uh, company and again that was a very very uh, good decision uh, again funny way that i managed to get uh, this job one was obviously i had had actually pitched uh, to the company to see if they were willing to start an analytics wing because uh, mm-hmm. espn being such a big thing i had analytics yeah. experience i thought why can't espn consult teams mm-hmm. so that was how i pitched i actually pitched a role and mm-hmm. i landed up at a different role because they said that they uh, i don't think it because being a media organization it's hard that could become a conflict yeah so right. uh, yeah. so they said it's not possible but if you want you can use your we can use your expertise in the data and stats team so that happened then um, uh, and then i also won i came third i didn't win i came third uh, in the quiz uh, quick iq they conducted the quiz competition right. i came third uh, again the editor mr sambit was the chief guest so i think he at least he got validated that hey this guy knows some cricket and stuff mm-hmm. and immediately maybe two two months later i got the job and i had to right. quit mechanics it was a hard decision because there was nothing mm-hmm. wrong with the job at all it was more like a monetarily and building my own brand stuff which was right. important to survive in sport and then the last five years i've been here i helped the stats team it's a small team of four people let's let's slightly get uh, deeper into like how uh, the whole decision making side of things work for you right so so you you've been a fan all throughout your life right and now now i think for the last few years you've been in cricket analyst right how differently uh, uh, do you observe a game 
uh, from from these two lenses as a fan versus as a as an analyst so uh, one of the things i was advised when i joined uh, even my ceo ex ceo told me that once you join here you'll you'll forget being a fan uh, wow. you'll start looking at it uh, looking at the match in a different lens and it's happened to a right. lot of people so again i was conscious about that you know uh, so if i if i have to i don't think i've lost the fan element but definitely the curiosity has increased uh, in terms of why something happened so that really helps in my job so i don't think that i've stopped supporting who i who i support or i i stop getting excited or i stop getting uh, nervous all that still remains the same i just uh, i make sure that those things i have not lost those things even in crunch moments i don't go look about for analysis but say like i told you right it goes back to that visual memory point uh, i feel that as till that is there that's my strength so if somebody gets out say i've seen uh, say a, a, a johnny basto gets bold uh i'm able to immediately remember similar dismissal sometime back in some other match and then i go back and uh, try to go and validate whether uh, there's a weakness there uh, how did uh, he get out why did he get out like this or if i see a innovative field placement uh, if my memory automatically goes back to that similar field i'm able to jog that i'm able to jog my memory and figure out that hey this is a plan so right. Uh, right. so i wouldn't say that i lost the uh, art of watching as a fan i completely watched mm. till as a fan in uh, but in terms of curiosity and uh, that yeah. obviously has increased which i guess normal fans may not have and if something right. happens so one advantage i had at working at cricket force because i had worked for teams before uh, certain ipl teams i know exactly what they are likely to do and what they're going to do and why they're doing something right. so it's easy to build a narrative it's easy to help the mm. uh, commentary guys with that information it's easy to go mine what i want to look for makes sense i mean it's i think uh, mining data and digging digging deep request some sort of a personality trait maybe a quizzer trait where you like dive deep and then connect patterns and sort of thing actually yeah you you kind of spot on i think the curiosity a lot of people think that you need to be good in numbers you need to be good in math you need to have an idea of uh, uh, programming and stuff trust me i don't have all those it's about domain knowledge it's about watching a lot of sport a lot of youngsters <laughs> i tell that um, again that every day morning i spend about 15 20 minutes uh, in the in various apps just to see scores mm-hmm. what's happening uh, who won uh, which league even beat nba beat mm-hmm. nfl beat uh, yeah. uh, mlb beat american sports or whatever uh, tennis even the atp mm-hmm. masters stuff i may not watch everything but i make sure i mm-hmm. follow read up and see uh, be up to date there is a common trait a common uh, uh, phrase right this is how you set up a batsman right uh, specifically in test we kind of hear it all the time right uh, just wanted to understand as a as a spectator how can i observe uh, a setup how and and as an analyst uh, how do you do that so as a fan the problem is we focus a lot on the wicket on the outcome yeah. uh, because we yeah. don't realize what's happening leading up we don't know right when the wicket is going to come so one thing we do as analysts is always we look at uh, the balls leading up to the wicket leading up what happened three four balls before what happened few overs before so that is something you need to observe so when you see an over there's a good chance that there'll be four well lefts and then the fifth mm-hmm. ball will be out and then only when they showed a replay you as a fan maybe you see oh this was a setup before out swingers followed by an in swinger so while watching it i sometimes tell in my mind i try to predict that this is what he's likely he's going to do 
so right right uh, you know that's maybe the difference between a fan and someone who's uh, working in the industry or always thinking about so i've been able to watch and see that was my job right so i used to go mm-hmm. to the office sit at night if it's a india uh, test match 9 9:15 i'll be in office 9:30 to uh, 5:30 i have a tv in front of me i'm just watching right. every ball and whenever there is a break i quickly do my work or sometimes there's no yeah. work it's just watching the entire match uh, because th- that's where you start getting your thoughts from right mm-hmm. so a lot of people say that you don't need to watch but i feel that if you don't watch you're not going to like really get stuff so that says obviously they do so as a fan it's hard to do that unless you watch cricket all all the time yeah and now i wanted to dive deep into working as an analyst with the team uh so how do analysts uh, i mean how should analysts convey information to players like i mean should they do it in real time the nathan lehman and on morgan incident that happened should, should that be okay? a great question uh, so one thing is um, one of the most important skill sets for an analyst is not numbers it's not cricket is people skills okay a lot of people don't know that the one of the if you are the, So I give this example again in a few of my sessions. So uh, we've all been part of college. We have a good friend circle, right? And usually in a friend circle, uh, say you want to go out, uh, you want to have food somewhere. Usually there's this one guy uh, within a gang, within a group of five, six people who kind of makes decisions about let's go here. This place is good. Let's all of us will meet. What I call it, you need to influence without um, authority. Okay. Uh-huh. That uh-huh. is exactly what an analyst needs to do. Uh, because here you're dealing with friends is a different ball game i can just say hey abey uh, uh, yeah just come here types but there you're dealing with high ego individuals you're dealing with high performers these guys yeah. have done this day in and day out so how can you convince someone when you have not even played the game how can you convince okay. someone that you have a point you have a point which is why you don't shove as much of information as possible so you need to be 100% sure about not the outcome but what analysis you've done whether it's right or wrong and secondly you need to tell them things which they don't a common mistake a lot of analysts just go about telling things what coaches already know or what they want so you have to find out certain things which you think the coach may not know so um, so to communicate that so mm-hmm. i'm not a very technical like a lot of people get confused as cricket analysts you need to be strong in technique and i don't even focus on techniques i am fully from a tactical and strategic point of view because uh, a technique you have a coach you have a lot of coaches who play yeah, the game yeah. who know exactly what to do there's no point if they if i find some problem with the technique if at all i feel that is the problem and i understand that then i can just take a video and share it to the coach he will take over from there right uh, so i try to focus yeah. on things which they don't know so that is the secret so when you communicate with players and again each player is different you might like it uh, uh, you might have patience to see uh, sit and watch a presentation so let me give you again an example my first ever team meeting uh, was a champions league um, uh, match between barbados trident and kings 11 uh, punjab uh, in 2014 and uh, the coach was desmond haynes and uh, mm-hmm. like i've grown up watching desmond haynes and not watching more than watching i've heard a lot about him and i watched a, uh, all his part of his old videos and i know how great he is and stuff so yeah. i thought he's old school and he want to know understand all this and i put up a plan to first explain to him what data is and all and the first thing i did and i met him and he said like hey, um 
he seemed to like be on top of his game in terms of analytics and stuff he was like um uh, hey man this is very important for uh, the players i know that a lot of players don't use this uh, but it's very important that uh, we share the knowledge we have hired you because of your local uh, knowledge and stuff and he said we just went for practice and we came back and um, he introduced uh, everybody he said look i want you to do the team meeting because you know how to uh, you know about data and you i want you uh-huh. to share this knowledge about data and video analysis to them a lot of people don't know so i think he maybe thought that i'll come up with some uh, videos and stuff where i uh, focus on technique but i my mm-hmm. presentation was very tactical in nature uh, the first thing i told them was how uh, the boundaries in mohali uh, you need to target straight because the side boundaries are very long the straight boundaries are much shorter and i think this and he, i think desmond haynes had also kind of spotted that uh, in the practice he had told his uh, other coach members that hey this looks like a shorter straight boundary so the moment i said that it kind of resonated yeah. with the coach he kind of un- uh-huh. believed that this guy knows his stuff he knows uh-huh. what uh, he's talking so that helps so that's why i said you need to be extremely confident and sure about what you're trying to say uh, the uh-huh. reasoning was they're coming from barbados they've never played a game here it's a group of uh, people who are a league team which is play one the cpl and they're coming here so I, i my idea was they have no idea about the venue so one of the most uh-huh. fundamental things is to give them a knowledge about the venue that was my thinking yeah uh, before going into the players and stuff uh, basic uh-huh. thing is hey this ground this is the ground dimension this is what you need to target so people who are good at hitting straight or practice that in the net types yeah. so that kind of resonated so that worked with desmond hain so when i was taking doing the presentation first presentation everybody was looking at their phones and stuff like that uh, hardly people were interested then i realized that yeah. hey, this is not a corporate uh, environment this doesn't work here mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you can't just be running presentations and yeah. so i started be, being i started doing things uh, i started customizing things well you start focusing on each individual separately and start giving them things which they require like if i'm doing as uh, if somebody is weak against spinners i don't need the uh-huh. fast bowlers to be present there right it's of no use to them so those kind of things i started customizing things quickly so i learned on the job you need to be uh-huh. dynamic uh, if there are certain players who like to be told certain things just before going into the field there's some people who don't want any information there's some people whom you like to tell during net, in during training session some people like it over breakfast some people like it in your room they like to spend hours and hours watching footage and stuff so for so you for every uh, uh, ashwin you also have a virender seva Yeah. yeah and you said something very interesting about controlling decisions and not the outcome so i mean, I read a book called thinking in bets where where the author is like you should like uh, i mean every decision is like a bet and i mean if the decision goes wrong all the fans would be like after you but uh, i mean if the outcome goes wrong the all the fans would be after you even if the decision is right so that's a fine balance that you have to maintain as well so as analysts again one more mantra i have is i don't care about the outcome Yes, a good outcome is good for my brand, good for me personally, but you're not playing. You're not doing yeah. anything. We are just fa- facilitating the player with some extra information to get that one percent edge. One, like I tell most uh, coaches that if you if I get one dismissal in a test match, I've I've done my job because I know that you will be you guys with your experience, collective wisdom will get nineteen wickets. Maybe it's for that one wicket you need that extra edge about some analysis and stuff like that. Yeah. If in a day you get five wickets, great. Uh, but if you get so there are days when you will get no wickets. Mm-hmm. As an analyst, what you can do is you you can try to add as much as value value as possible by giving those inform extra information which the player will not know, 
and if you have a captain like morgan or rohit sharma who are uh, very uh, good and who understand analysts who understand data and stuff like that then and uh, and then work with them like even ashwin for that matter he understands data very well so he'll be able to use these plans well uh, let's let's just jump into the final section uh, so it's rapid fire questions whatever comes to your mind first just just go for it just shoot uh, sure. your favorite ipl team so far no doubt about it chennai super kings <laughs> uh your favorite moment with any team that you have worked with every moment has been great but one thing which will stick to my mind uh, a lot and will be there in my memory for always is teaching tamil to ms dhoni oh oh I, it was for the tnpl he had come for the uh, inauguration uh-huh. and he had to tell a line and i was i got a chance to sit next to him and uh, teach uh, one line and that itself was like what am i doing <laughs> am i actually teaching tamil to ms dhoni in this serial love <laughs> uh your pick for the for the upcoming world uh, world t20 world cup i know it would be india so but but hard. if you want to take a guess no, apart, it's apart. very hard to predict a, a t20 world cup winner to be very honest it's such a fickle format and it's yeah, not even yeah. like ipl yeah. okay let me just go with england again okay. uh i mean so what do you do when there's no match cricket match going on watch old youtube videos okay <laughs> roblin that to the same uh-huh. we've heard from a couple of your colleagues that uh, you have there's a syndrome called gorov syndrome and jinx right you kind of end up jinxing a lot of stuff right what do you want to say back to them i think that that requires a thesis i, I think somebody has to write a paper on uh, jinxing in sport because it's not only me there are a lot of people who do it and it kind of works yeah. and in yeah. this industry it just works in cricket for it works more because i'm i'm my job is to give stats before my milestone happens i can't help it if they get out at that point in time so <laughs> it just so happens that i give a stat and they get out and that milestone that record doesn't happen yeah. so i would say it's a coincidence it's a uh problem with the job uh, and then lastly how do you see yourself evolving over the next 5 to 10 years good uh, i've actually thought about it quite a quite a lot uh, i want to be someone who can kind of build the sports ecosystem uh, i want more people i want the sports ecosystem to be more like any other uh, industry in india like uh, finance mm-hmm. like uh, e-commerce i want it to be like where an mba grad from iim can just come yeah. and get into a sports job get into such roles uh, for that a lot lot of things has to happen and i want to help be part of that uh, growth like now we've seen mm-hmm. so many uh, uh, good performances in the olympics i would like to see uh, say an indian team have for example all sports hockey football have a, a team of 20 30 analysts like how they have in the west mm-hmm. uh, like for example philadelphia 76ers have a team of about 80 analysts with various structures and stuff so i would want to see all that happen across all sports in india so i want to play a role in that so i'm hoping that somehow i can try to build that ecosystem in the best way possible awesome hey whenever you are starting up you know who to reach out to 100% i know that yeah so that's the end of the podcast gorov thank you so much for your time we hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode with gorov please like share and subscribe to nails and hammers on the platform of your choice